Hey, I'm Lionel. And I'm Tracy. We're married. We've been together for more than a decade this go-round. Yeah, we've been at this relationship off and on for 40 years. But now we want to talk to you about love and marriage in a day where that's not represented too often. Yeah, we aren't experts or anything, just two people trying to make it work. So join the conversation, will you? What's up, Butch? Nothing much, Trace. How you doing today? I'm actually feeling kind of good. In our last conversation, we were talking about sexual harassment and a, a spirited discussion I had with a really close friend, you know, for a long time. And I felt like he was really coming down on the wrong side of the issue. And he posted things on Facebook that made my head explode. And we were kind of getting into it on Facebook and it was just really upsetting. And we talked this morning and he said he finally understood where I was coming from. And while it's not like he apologized, he definitely seemed to to grow beyond his initial, I don't know, take on it. So it made me really happy because I, I don't want... Like, I was mad enough to be like, maybe we can't be friends no more. Like, you posting this kind of stuff on Facebook. <laughs> like, I don't know if we can be friends. You know, uh, I just, yeah, I don't know if that's possible. So, um, I feel really, like, happy that that maybe our relationship is not doomed. You well, know? I never thought it was doomed. I, I, you know, <laughs> I used to be on Facebook a lot. And Would you describe too, yourself as doing too much? Oh, definitely. In the early <laughs> stages. Definitely. Hey, I woke up this morning. Post. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you and I had a you and I had a couple of conversations about it. And then I just stepped back and said, you know, let me watch this. And I just noticed that, you know, people on Facebook, people post things on Facebook. You know what it is? People send their representatives on Facebook. Not everybody. But the true people, self... Some no, people do that's post true. their that's whole true. life. But I'm saying the, the people that you actually know, yeah. you know that they're posting their representative. And if you know, if you get them on a one-on-one conversation, the things that they're posting on Facebook aren't things that they actually believe or they're actually not open to until you get them, on a, get them in a one-on-one conversation. And that friend in particular, he's one of those, those people. Because there are conversations we've had one-on-one yeah. with things that have gone on in his life that if he would have really stepped back or step outside of himself, look at it, reevaluate it, he'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have said, or I shouldn't have said that, nor would I have said that based on, you know what I mean? And I think, um, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, that that's the case. On Facebook, they want to make themselves seem different than who they really are. And I don't know, I, I, I also feel like people on Facebook post things just to get attention, you know? Yeah. And in this case, I think that's what he did. Well, he really got a conversation started and it, it just, I'm grateful that, cause I'm not really, and, and I'm open to feedback about this. I, I don't think that I post on Facebook my representative. I think I post on Facebook who I actually am. I just don't post everything of who I am. Like, I don't need to tell everybody, you know, 
everything about me, like, or what I'm thinking all the time, you know? And, but maybe I'm also like an internally focused person by nature. Like, I just, I think a lot before I speak, even mm-hmm. though I talk a lot, I, there's way more going on inside than is ever coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that everybody is, is fake on Facebook because I don't think I'm fake on Facebook. No, I don't think everybody is fake on Facebook. But I do think that there is a way that people post things so as to get a specific kind of response. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to post this incendiary thing so that people will get mad and respond. I'm going to post this thing... Like, I posted a thing about the Omari Hardwick and Beyonce thing. And I don't know that I really expected a lot of engagement. What was really, I just, I had to get it off my chest. Like, I needed to say it so that I wouldn't be spinning about it. Because it was really bothering me, you know. The whole, you know, I'm glad that the Beehive stung Omari to tell him you don't go in for two kisses on on Beyonce and it's not because she's just Beyonce it's because it's so like why do you feel like you need to kiss a woman twice at work like you're at work you don't need to hug her twice like one hug is plenty like even that and and that was one of the things that uh, was said on Facebook they're like you know I'm a huggy type person and I was like so let me get this straight your desire for hugs should trump somebody else's desire for you not to hug them. Like, you realize how crazy that sounds? No, she put Trump in there. Oh, God. <laughs> Why do you bring him up? Why do you insist on bringing him up? The Donald. Why, though? <laughs> he's got this, because he, because he's got this whole thing. To me, he's the one that sort of started this whole thing. Like... In his, in his, when he was running for his campaign, he would just boast and brag on how he disrespected women, you know. And but you see, the country still elected him, so that tells you exactly that it our tells country you, feels like the degradation of women is okay. Right, and I think that because he started out with that, there's been an overwhelmingly. Uh, abundance of support for women you know i disagree no and the fact that women are now finding the strength to speak out not that there's you know i think that yes i think yes disrespect is still going on but i also think that now in this time women are finding the strength more in this time than they were say 10 years ago or say five years ago or say Mm. three years ago you know what i mean i feel like the more support that women can get from men and from other women, I think the more it's almost like racism. It's well, it's an ism. The more we the more we have discussions about isms, the more that the isms can be broken down. Yeah. And the more that you can sort of sort of sort of evaporate the power of the isms. Mm. You know, I, I feel like conversation helps everything. Well, I mean, that actually, our plan today was to talk about something that we both have had challenges with. Like, and and I wonder if if what you just said about communication is really the central issue is we were in, our plan was to talk about in-laws today and about just everything that's come up for us related to in-laws. And do you think that that's, 
because both of us have had fraught relationships essentially with our in-laws. What do you think? Do you think that that's a communication problem? Honestly, I think it, it's a communication problem, but I also think that in-laws have to be treated like a chess match. In what way? In the way that you can't tell your in-law what you want for, say, your child or for, say, whatever. You sort of have to make it their idea because they're already stuck in their ways. It's almost one of those things where you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You talking about right. my mama? I'm not talking about your mama. <laughs> okay. I love your mama. <laughs> That's my mama. <laughs> But I'm just I saying, love your like, mom too. She's just a lot. And so's so's And you know, I know so's my, my mom could be a lot too. But at the same time, and it's it's like I always tell you, once you know who someone is, it's easier to deal with them. Yeah. You know? And so I know I know who my mother in law is. What do you think about it's so interesting that we're even having this conversation? Some a colleague of mine who listened to the podcast told me that we were brave that we would have these conversations in public. And I never really saw it until just now because I realized like, what if somebody knows who I'm talking about when I say what I'm about to say? Like, is this going to cause some problems at Christmas? It shouldn't because it's about love and respect. So it shouldn't. I mean, again, communication. Yeah. Your family is a lot more, I, I don't know what I would, I don't know the right word intimate maybe like you guys seem a lot more involved with each other in in ways that my family never was like my aunts and uncles I love them and I believe they love me and they've been very supportive of me as a person you know my cousins but I I love them they love me but I would never have described us as close and your family seems or has seemed very intimate with each other. Like you guys live together, you, like you're real, like, I don't know the right word, You're intimate. It's a, it's a Caribbean thing too. I mean, you have to realize and, and understand that people from the Caribbean or f- people from any other country, yeah. when they come to America, that first person that comes to America almost sort of, uh, they almost sort of plant the flag. I was in the just ground, thinking you know? that analogy. They plant the flag, and so and then everybody comes right. to them. So once once they plant the flag, so now you're setting up that foundation. So somebody else comes, you know, they get their visa, and so it just so happens that there were nine brothers and sisters from my mom's side. Mm-hmm. My oldest uncle was already here, so when my mom came, and she set up shop in Chicago. You know, my aunt and uncle came after her, and then another uncle came, and then another uncle came, and then, you know, so it, it, that's how it happens. And then they come, they stay with you till they get on their feet. Once they get on their feet, boom, they move out. You know who do that? I mean, and it's, it's one of those things where I admire, um, I admire the, I admire, I admire different cultures for that same thing. You know, Chinese, uh, the Asian culture, the Hispanic culture, the European culture, all these different cultures, they always, almost without question, support one another. 
Yeah. You know, without question, they don't even have to know you personally. Yeah. It could be a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Because they assume shared values. Exactly. I think that's actually like a black American problem. It's definitely a black American problem. That we culturally don't have... We... You know, a colleague at work the other day asked me for a recommendation about a barbershop. And I said, oh, Church Street Barbershop. That's where Jameson goes. And he was like, well, who's the barber? We had this whole conversation about it. And... He was like, you know, you walk into some barbershops and they look you up and down and they get real weird because they don't know you. And so they're like, what you doing in here? Mm-hmm. And first of all, I was like, well, that's always my experience in a barbershop because I walk <laughs> in as a woman and they're like, right. what you doing in here? Right. And I was like, can't come into this man's sanctuary. Right. But I thought to myself, like, that's a, a black American thing to be really insular. And part of it, I think, was born out of keeping us safe. Like, you can't just have any old body come in here because they can harm us. Like, so I, I could see where it's born from, but I could also see how it creates all of these other problems, you know? I I do think that in-law, because you have just so many more people, like, like <laughs> you know, I don't have that many people. And yeah. so it's weird when it's like, I mean, I have a few aunts, I have a few uncles, like, that's it, yeah. you know? And maybe you're more outgoing than I... Maybe you're more extroverted than I am anyway. You think? Yeah. (laughs) And so I think the whole interaction is just... Like, it's... Going to your family's house or to a a party at your family's house is like... It's an event. Man, it's it's a lot. (laughs) Like, the volume alone. Like... I mean... I could put in earplugs and still and here. still here. Like I mean, it's it's real, real loud in there. Now, why are you to try to my father? <laughs> like it's loud. I mean, and it, just it 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 it, it, has, it has always been that way. I mean, and and I think the reason is you get you know, and they're dominant personalities in my yeah. family. You know, um, so everybody is a is very strong, very aggressive type personalities Mm -hmm. so i find it a little overwhelming and and i also feel like out of place a little bit like i feel like they're not my people Mm -hmm. and i know when you get married your family becomes my family and my family because your becomes your family but i don't really feel like i'm a part of your your family i feel like you and i are a family and i feel like you're a part of my family to a point (laughs) but like but i don't feel like I don't feel like if something happened to you, God forbid, that I would be comfortable going to Christmas, going to Thanksgiving with your family. Mm. If something ever happened to me, would you feel comfortable hanging out with my parents? I mean, of course. I hang out with your, I hang out with my father-in-law, what, six months out of the year? That's true, with basketball. Every year. That's true. I hang out with my mother-in-law. At church, I hang out with my mother-in-law yeah. when I pick up Jameson, when I, you know, so I, it's, family is one of those things where it, it should not be negotiated. It shouldn't be negotiable. Like, yeah. you know, this is how we're related. Okay, enough said. You know, it's like, it just seems to me that you, you when it comes to in-laws, you've got to sort of, it's a chess match. Only I, because I definitely feel, though, that some people don't feel that when you say even the word in-laws, some people just mean your mother-in-law, 
your father-in-law. Yeah, no. A I lot mean, of people don't mean cousin your cousins are my cousins. I mean all the, I mean all the in-laws, just like I mean the isms. You know, it's yeah. like everybody is everybody's related, you know, yeah. and it's it's one of those things where if you can't trust family, who can you trust? You know? That's an interesting question. And sometimes you can't even trust your family. But again, if you know them, you know what you can trust them with. If you know a person, you know you know exactly what to expect from that person. So there are people in my in my family, I know them, so I know what to expect from them. I know what not to expect from them. Is there anybody that you would say that because, you know, there's always somebody in your family that people don't F with. Like, nah, mm-hmm. you don't mess with Uncle Roy. Mm-hmm. He's got a drinking problem. He's yeah. handsy or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, are there people in your family that you don't F with? Or is even if you're in a fight with them, would you always come back? I mean, even if I'm in a fight with them, I I would come back. I mean, I... Yeah, there, there's, there's nothing I think that my family could do that if they were in dire straits or they needed me, that I wouldn't be there. There might be one or two people that I would just turn the other cheek to and just keep it moving based on... You know, turn the other cheek doesn't mean that. Well, not turn the other cheek, but turn my back, turn back and keep yeah. it moving based on, again, knowing that person based on who that person is. Yeah. So in that case, yes, I would just not mess with them. But like I said, there's only one or two. But other than that, no, we could be in an argument. But if you need me, you know, there's been a couple of instances where, you know, I, I knew that me helping this person wasn't going to benefit me. Yeah. In any way, shape or form. Right. And I also knew that, you know, the reason I helped this person and told this person that, that that wasn't going to matter because they weren't going to, they weren't going to try to do what I asked them to do. Right. With the help I was giving them. Oh, I know what you're talking about. But I did it anyway. Yeah. Because you're family. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now here's, now here's the very interesting question. Let's say that that same situation happened on my side of the family would you be willing to put yourself in harm's way for like my cousin yeah i would interesting i would again family you know like mm. family i give you a perfect example i went to uh, i went to la for a screening of some of film screening. And um, I think I remember we had this conversation. And so I was supposed to stay with a cousin of mine. Got out there, called him before I came. I'm on my way, blah, blah, blah. Got out there and couldn't get in touch with the cousin. Mm. All forms of communication. I tried Facebook, phone, text, couldn't get in touch with the cousin. So now I don't have a place to stay. I had some money in my pocket, stayed the night in the motel. The next day, called another cousin. So the first cousin was on my father's side. Called the second cousin on my mom's side. And she literally had a, a one bedroom with her and her husband. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And it was no problem to stay there. Right? Mm-hmm. Turns out I knew her husband. We played soccer together a few years earlier. Yeah. But the point of my story is family's family. Once you know your family, you know how to deal with them. Right? Uh-huh. So I knew that I... I once I got in touch with the second cousin, I figured it, I was I was set, which I was. Yeah. You know, um, wasn't sure about the first cousin. Really didn't. Really didn't. Uh, we weren't. We weren't as close. And in fact, the second cousin, I wasn't closer with her than I was the first cousin. I was actually closer with the first cousin because we grew up together, and then they moved away. But we were still closer. So I say that to say, once you know. You know who you're dealing with. It's easier to deal with them. Interesting thought, completely unrelated to what I ask you. But thank you for that story. What'd you ask me? What do you think I ask you? You asked me if I would do the same with your with your cousin. So how was that related to that story? Connect the dots for me. Once you know someone, you know how to deal with them. So the cousin I'm, it could be any of your cousins. I would know how to deal with them. There's one in particular that. I would deal with in a very different manner, but I would still help them, right? All your other cousins, no problem. Yeah. No problem. It's funny because I was just thinking about that the other day that I had a cousin who I loved very deeply. He was a, a real connector and he was killed in an accident and... I remember saying to him, listen, you can stay with us as long as you want. And I actually meant that. So did I. And when I think about it, I fell out with another cousin who wanted to stay in my house. Not indefinitely, but for a longer period of time. And and I was just thinking about that recently, how like with the first cousin, their attitude was so bad and so like nasty that I wanted them out of my house. Whereas with my other cousin, his attitude was so great. And so I wanted him to stay. I wanted, I wanted more, you know, and it, it really, so I guess you're right. It does matter who, who it is and how you respond to them. There's a, uh, individualized component of it definitely all the time i mean and i think it's with anything yeah you you can't treat everyone the same because not everyone allows themselves to be treated better than that other person does that make sense just at work we were talking about the difference between equity and equality yeah that we were talking about it from a social justice place but it's true also in this case like that Treating everybody equally is not always equality because some people or is not always equity because treating everybody equally. If I'm five foot and you're six feet and we're both trying to look over a fence, it's going to be easy for you to look over the fence. It's going to be hard for me to look over the fence. But if we give both people the same boost, it won't help me at all. And it'll help the six foot person tremendously. Mm -hmm. So. Really, thinking about equity is about what do we both need in order to look over the fence. So I think with family, 
it is hard to like figure out the right way to interact. And and I think like one time one of your cousin's wife's parents asked me, he's like, Where are you from? And I was like, uh, Evanston? And he was like, No, like you're not from Belize like the rest of them. And I was like, No, I'm not. He was like, Oh, because you know they don't like people that are from Belize. And it made me laugh so hard because it's interesting that of your, of the three of those cousins, all of you married American women, which Mm -hmm. I think is kind of interesting. So what you just said about family, always being family, is notable to me because you're divorced, that you already had a family before me. Like, do you still feel like... I'm still connected to them. Do you feel like they're your in-laws? I do. In the same way that you felt before? No, not in the same way. My, my, my in-laws now have taken their place. Yeah. Right? But they're still my in-laws. Yeah. Because they're still my son's grandparents. Right. So we're going to always be family. Right. Right? So when they picked up the phone and said, hey, can you take our dog? I know you guys might be willing to have a dog and so on and so forth. We're getting a little older. We can't take care of them. Sure. Let's just see, you know, what... What she said, and she she said, "Do you think you know? Talk it over with Tracy. Let us know. We'll try something out." And we brought Max home, and he's he, our dog. He never went back, <laughs> right? Know? But he still has the same name. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I I don't I don't um. I feel once you're connected as family, you're connected as family. I mean because. They're gonna always be in my life. They're gonna always be in our life, some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know? Do you miss being a part of their family in a more ongoing way? Like, do you miss that you don't have holidays with them and stuff anymore? Not really. Um, Not really, because I can always pick up the phone and call. Yeah. You know, if I need to talk to, I still call my father-in-law. If I need to talk to my father-in-law, I can pick up the phone. Hey, you know? Right. My ex-brother-in-law, my brother-in-law called me yesterday, you know? Called me two or three days ago. I mean... So I think a lot not... of people would be unsettled because I, you know, I'm a member of these Facebook groups about women and stuff. And a lot of women are so intimidated by, let me rephrase that, a lot of people, not women, a lot of people are unsettled by their partners, relationships with other, like, I've always thought with your ex-wife, for example, that she and I should be a kind of sister. Like, you know, I think it's weird that we don't have a better relationship. And honestly, it's her decision that we don't have a better relationship. I feel like we should be able to have coffee together. I feel like, I mean, obviously you loved her. Like, and You're both raising the same kid. Yeah, like, I think it's crazy that, we, that she's not like my sister-in-law. Yeah. I, but I can't make her want that relationship with me, you know? Um, I think it's weird that... And I know why you think it's weird based on your upbringing. Right. And it makes sense. And, you know, it was interesting because based on your upbringing, you were like, yeah, when you meet my aunt and uncle, you see that, you know, these things can work out. And I was shocked when your uncle walked in the house and dapped up his, you know... Brother, I don't know what you would call them. His ex-wife's 
husband. Right. So and yeah. it's it, it it was it was very refreshing to see because you always always see the other side of it. The acrimonious the, yeah, crazy. You, you always see where those two people don't get along when it should be the total opposite. Right. You know, I'm help raising your children so you and I should be I should be able to pick up the phone and call you know, and say, hey, this is going on, blah, 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 and vice versa, you know, but yeah. you don't always see that. So it was refreshing to see that. And so based on that, it makes sense why you are that way. I mean, and and when I think about it, that's not the only illustration of that. No, I'm sure like, it isn't. But Like, I know a lot of people that I'm related to that have, you know, the relation, just because the relationship with you didn't work out, like my Aunt Janice, do you remember her meeting her at the funeral? I do and an uncle leonard they are not biologically related their dad and my, their dad and my grandmother were married and so my dad had stepbrothers and stepsisters but they're still family like i like and that marriage ended in like the 40s you know it takes a village. like i just i don't know i just i don't have this idea that it, it takes a that in-laws in-laws are like this finite thing and i i think it's weird that people want to make it so narrow yeah you know but i also would say though that even with that maybe maybe the reason why i don't feel like as close to your family is because they are so insular that it's not that everybody is welcome it's not that you know, oh, you like it. I love it. Oh, you the new husband? Come on in. Oh, you do the. You're the new partner. Come on. It's not like that. It's so, the mob. yeah. <laughs> Except, blood in, blood out. <laughs> well, I guess technically Belize that, and blood in, Belize and blood out. Well, I guess that means that I'll never be there because I'm not Belizean, and uh, so there's that. So fine. That's how y'all want to roll. Have at it. Good for you. Roll deep, you know. I know. Every time we go outside, you're like, oh, that's my cousin. Oh, that's my cousin. I'm like, how many of y'all is it? And the scary part is there are cousins that I haven't even met. Because the, the town that my, my, my mom is from, apparently, we were related to damn near half the town. Wow, so, that's crazy. And it was it's the, I want to say it's the capital, but I'm, I can't remember. But, yeah. You know what? That's a very interesting thing. I never really thought about that. I don't have a lot of biological relatives. That's what it is, is that my grandmothers didn't have a lot of kids. So because there weren't a lot of kids, there aren't a lot of other kids, yeah. you know? And so... We don't have, I think my, I don't know, my, I think my grandmother might have been an only child. So, like, you're an only child. You don't have a bunch of brothers and sisters. There's just not a lot of people. But There's, I got a bunch of, co- as they say, I got a gang of cousins. I mean. So, when I first went to Belize, I was probably about six years old. Yeah, I think I was about six years old because I've been there maybe two or three times twice that I can remember. But the first time I went, I was six. And so I've got family here that live in Evanston that remember me, yeah. you know, when I first went. And so my one cousin, he lives, he now lives in Iowa, but being American, 
it was my first time in sort of the country. Because uh-huh. back in that time, Belize was, it was country. You walked yeah. a mile to fill a bucket, yeah. walk back to take a bath, and so one phone on the block. Can I ask you a question? We don't need to tell a story. What? Go ahead. Never mind. What? Ask the question. My question was, where is this story yeah, going? I yeah. know this story, yeah. but I'm... It's not going anywhere. I'm not sure how it was directly related. And on that note... What you mean on that note? <laughs> Why are you trying to cut me off? Because I make logical stories. I connect the dots. Why you cut me off? Don't be such a hater. Oh, why? Right. Check that out. <laughs> I wasn't cutting you Check off. that out. I was just asking a question. Yeah, but if you ask a question, you're cutting me off to ask a question that... You know what? This is something you that I don't understand about you. Why does asking a clarifying question, why is that so upsetting? That That is so weird. I don't it's get it. It's not that it's upsetting, but you're you're breaking someone's train of thought. To ask a question that you could ask after this after their thought has been made. But but that's not a conversation. That's a monologue. Yeah, but if I'm trying to get a thought out, why why does that have to be a monologue? Why can't I get my thought out? And then you hit me with your question, your thought, your response, whatever. But Because so like if I'm and maybe this is born out of what I do, right? Is that I get interrupted all the time like that's not offensive to be interrupted for someone to understand what you're saying better so if, if you spend 10 minutes explaining something and at the end of the t- and the person holds their question to the end of 10 minutes and they say hey can you go back to minute one because i didn't understand that so you just spent nine minutes talking about something i couldn't understand because i didn't understand what you said in minute one so it's a monologue if you cannot allow the person to be like wait i don't understand that or wait, where are we going with that? Or wait, why does this matter? Or wait, why why is this happening? If if you can't allow somebody to ask you a question while it's happening and you have to they have to wait until you've gotten everything out, you may have lost them anyway. And but the question you need to ask yourself is is do I care? Like do you actually are you having this conversation because you want the person to understand you or are you having this conversation because you want to talk? Those are two different things. And I believe, which I'm open to you having feedback, is that when somebody cannot be interrupted, it's because they don't actually care if you understand them. They're not actually having a conversation with you. Hmm. Well, that was a nice monologue. You could have interrupted. That's why I kept. That's why I kept pausing to be like. But I want to understand what you're saying. But so you that- can't. <laughs> yeah. So if I say to you. If I'm trying to teach you math, for example. Right, and if I interrupt you, then you might lose your train of thought. No. So then you'll say to me, hey, where were we at again? And what's wrong with that? Because now we're wasting time on learning something, right? No, that's the point of, is learning, dummy? Like, what's wrong with you? That's the point, learning. So if you're trying to teach somebody a formula and they say, I don't understand I'm not good at math, so this right, is a bad example. Right, but if you're example. teaching someone a formula, that means that that formula is on the board and you're working that formula out and so they can stop you and say, hey, I don't understand that formula. But if I'm, say, if I'm trying to explain something to you and talk if you're to giving you, you... If you're giving me a lecture and you talk for five minutes straight, I didn't hear what happened probably about midway through. But I'm not giving you a lecture, But though. But you, that's, what, that's what lectures are. I understand that. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying, is it? 
when you try to explain something to me, most of the time, I do not know what you're talking about. And I know now that I cannot really ask you to pause because you talk for so long and you ramble. I don't know where it's going. Okay. It's hard for me to follow. And if I ask you a question, you get mad. Okay. And I'll be like, well, okay. <laughs> so he don't actually want me to learn nothing. He just wants to hear himself talk. So I'm just going to let him talk. Go ahead. All right, babe. All right. Okay. Are you being funny or you actually understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I just think it's funny because you, you, you seem like you were just on a monologue right now. and you, But I could have jumped in at any time to stop you, right? It's crazy to me that you don't understand when pauses are happening. It. I get it. I get when pauses are happening. So I'm just, yeah. I will know next time when a pause comes in, expect the hand to go up or expect you to jump in. That's fair. It's not just when a pause. I'm not saying for you when a pause. I, for a living, explain things. That's what I do as a job. Yeah. So I would not be able to do my job if I had to, if everybody had to sit in silence for a hundred, for an hour and 15 minutes. That would not work. Okay. I guess, I guess I'm not looking at a conversation as the same as, uh, teaching and explaining i guess a conversation and i hear what you're saying about you being able to cut someone off but i don't you, see it as cutting them off and it's interesting that that's how you frame it well you get upset to me you get upset at me when i do that to you no that's not what's upsetting to me what's, what's upsetting, upsetting to me is when you try to reframe what i'm saying like you don't actually understand what i'm saying don't you get mad at me we've had a nice conversation <laughs> and here you go right. trying to snap i'm not about to snap what makes me <laughs> mad is that this is an example for me I'll say to you, hey, um, where's the broom? And you'll be like, well, and you'll go off on something. And I'll be like, okay, I appreciate that you just told me that story. But I'm asking you, where is the broom? And you'll say, well, why do you need the broom? And I'll be like, well, I need the broom. And you'll be like, oh, 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 I know why you need it. And I'll be like, well, why'd you ask me? If, if you already knew why... We, this is a waste of time. Like, this is a waste of time. Is that you talk over me and you try to replace what I'm saying with something you're saying. And to be frank, is almost never right. Which is what makes my head explode. Is that you're always trying to reframe what I'm saying. And it's like, honestly, I'm glad you brought this up. Because <laughs> it actually hurts my feelings. Because I feel like most of the time when I'm talking, you are not listening. You are waiting for your moment to talk. And, and the fact when I say, repeat back to me what you heard, and you'll often say something that is not what I said at all. And I'll be like, so you weren't listening to me at all. Huh? <laughs> Sweetheart, I love you. I don't yeah. mean to upset you. It really does bother me because it's will like. I listen to you more. And I will engage in conversation. And I, and I now know that it does not matter if I jump in the conversation. I've been telling you this for more than a decade. Takes a man a while to learn. You mean takes you a while to learn? No, it means it takes a man a while to learn. I'm sure, I am sure oh, that geez. I am not the only one who does not listen to their wife or who listens and not hears, but not hears his wife. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But I love you. And I know you don't love me back. And that's fair. <laughs> Thank God. 
Man, and on that you got note, me riled up talking about that. Get you riled up. You got yourself riled up. <laughs> now, see, if it was anybody else, I'd want to say your mama. But but considering uh, what that would not be appropriate. We're talking about in-laws. That would be totally inappropriate. But I'm just gonna think it to uh, myself, even though I love her very much. <laughs> I'll think it to myself. I won't say it out loud. Uh, it's been nice having this conversation with you. I guess. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Ciao, Bella. Thank you for listening to 1931, our podcast on love, marriage, and family. We'd like to hear from you. Is there a topic you want us to tackle or a subject you want us to debate? Share it with us. If you're using the Anchor app, it's easy to send a message that we might play in a future episode. You can also connect to us on Patreon. And at Patreon, you can support the podcast with a monthly or a one-time gift. So go ahead and do us a huge favor. Give us a review or rating on your favorite podcast app. Your recommendation will help other people find us. And we're on all the majors like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Please recommend our podcast to a friend. And don't forget to subscribe. We don't want you to miss future episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.